I said, empty your mind. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. I saw that video you sent me of the kid throwing that desk at that teacher. Holy shit. Yeah, I was like, so I was scrolling through Instagram. And I saw the teacher throw the desk, I throw uh-huh. the chair. And uh-huh. I'm like, damn. And then when I replayed it, I saw the kid throw the chair first and it missed right. the teacher's head by like less. I think than it hit inch. him because if you see him sit down after he grabs his head, like he's about to pass out or something. I could be wrong, of course. Like he's about to pass out. He has like blood dripping down his face. So would you have thrown the chair back? <laughs> what did we talk about this last episode or two? Yeah, you episodes said you ago? can't touch a kid, but if a kid throws a chair at me, I'm small. I'm not a big dude. I'm what five eight, one sixty five. If if a bigger kid tries to step up on me, uh, <sighs> bad things might happen. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I, I want to say that is the breaking point. Is when a kid throws a chair. When a kid throws actual weaponry at you, I don't know, man. I only break up fights if I think a kid's going to get hurt. Like that one fight at the school where we had the eight girls all brought. Oh, all right. Right. Which was on TikTok, by the way. So if there's a, anybody has access to TikTok, I'm sure they could find that video of Howlin and I stopping a brawl of about five to six, seven or eight girls. One girl had another girl in like a full mount UFC status and was just yeah. showing hands. That's like, that's when I drew the line. Yeah. Okay. Know, so but that teacher, that teacher uh, almost got assassinated. well speaking of assassinations okay this is canceled teachers talk unbelievable history and we are talking about probably the greatest assassination of all time and that is the assassination of john f kennedy mr jfk himself now i moved to dallas to 2018 and didn't think anything about it but when my dad came out to visit me for the first time I asked him, what do you want to do out here? We have all this, this great stuff in, in Dallas. We got like three different sports teams. It's just a whole new, a whole new area to explore. And he's like, I want to see the X in the middle of the road where John F. Kennedy was shot. And I took him down and we, we walked around the, the street and he took pictures like a tourist on the grassy knoll and Mm -hmm. outside of the book depository. And he it was like he was having a field day and I'm sitting there like, this is what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. A grown ass 60 year old man. This is what he mm-hmm. wanted to do on his first day in Dallas was see where JFK was assassinated. Same thing. My, my dad, I took my dad to go see the X. We actually went to the halfway house of where Oswald stayed at. Cause the half, the halfway house is about three or four blocks from where we teach and my old apartment. And my dad and I, we went to go see the halfway house uh owned by patricia hall and she gave us the whole story how he was this real quiet sweet guy he would go outside and play with the kids for you know he wasn't there for a long time but just there for a while and she says uh that she remembers him coming home in a hurry and like running out that day you know that that was without a doubt the first thing we did when i when i moved here to dallas back in 2017 not only going to the X, but also to the halfway house. 
that's i've never been to the halfway house i we went into the i remember you and i went and sat in the texas theater and we oh yes we, we worked right across the street from the texas theater so you know we had to go sit in there and then they didn't have the chair anymore you said that they used to have it displayed they didn't have it displayed anymore yeah they had the uh, jfk movie uh with kevin costner displayed on the back and then they just took it away i like why would they take it away for maybe they have it somewhere i don't know about they but... probably donated it to a museum there's oh. uh, they, we have i've never been into the jfk museum the the book depository is now the, the museum so yeah. maybe maybe it's it there. is there yeah you're probably right and you're you're right we literally teach across the street from the texas theater i know it's and, crazy. and when we bring that up to the kids i go guys where you all wait for the bus is where all that history happened they look at me like what happened <laughs> and they have no idea what's going on which okay, so makes what, that week very fun to teach what did happen uh so john f kennedy obviously was assassinated if you haven't gotten that from that first five minutes of our of our episode he was assassinated it was 1963 he flew into dallas they he they drove him through in a convertible downtown dallas he turned onto the street and as he was driving towards the the 35 freeway mm -hmm. he gets hit three times mm -hmm. yeah three well once in the neck yeah. once in the back and once in the head right and less than five seconds from the book depository which is a five five six story building that was on the right side of the car as it was driving away and lee mm -hmm. harvey oswald the man who would be arrested for the assassination shot jfk from the fifth floor and you can still see they have a little cardboard cut out with a little circle from the window yeah. where he shot him from yeah and we uh if you've never seen the video there's a pruder film jackie <laughs> kennedy reaches back and grabs it looks like his head to put it back in and I, and I every time i've showed somebody the video they get blown away by her action like why would she do that why would she try to 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 you know reach back and and like she could save him her husband just had his head blown out right next to her you you can't fault the woman for reacting the way that she reacted and he drives away and he uh they take him to parkland hospital and he's he's dead he's gone well i know jackie oh has said um i'm paraphrasing that she it was like an out-of-body experience like she couldn't really, she didn't really know what she was doing. She didn't realize she was hanging off the back end of the car and they had to pull her back in. And yeah, you're right. She did gather fragments of his skull, probably to put it back together, like you said. But she said that she, she was just on autopilot. She had no idea what was happening. It was one of those scenarios, like you see in the movie, where everything's in slow motion, but your mind's going a million miles per hour. I mean, just the hysteria of that day. Like I said, you can't falter. It was. It, I've heard the the radio broadcast of the assassination. Mm -hmm. It's just it's chaos, pure chaos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those where it's it's where everybody knew where they were. My mom and dad, they told me they were in grade school. My dad remembers the teacher. I think he said her. He said her name was Miss Price barging into the room. The president's been shot. The president's been shot. Talk about losing your innocence. You know, like what is the president doing that causes kind of hysteria i would like to think it's it's r 911 you might remember columbine that yeah, was one of I your events i remember columbine yeah i was a little young for that one pearl harbor
that there's some great events in U.S. history. Uh, the bigger question is not what were people doing when it happened. That, that that's that's how you react personally. But who did it? <laughs> who really did it? So I I I bring this up to my kids when we talk about it. When we uh, go over the assassination. I try to explain to them just the specifics of the shots and mm-hmm. we can go into details upon details and spend you know two hours talking about this but to hit three shots in the amount of time that he did with jfk moving away from him from the fifth floor not having a lined up shot and hitting his shots is something that I, I know that i've seen the movie jfk where they bring in the the actual the actual military marine uh sniper and they try to recreate the shots and he's he couldn't do it he Mm -hmm. could not recreate the shots but he said it was not impossible but you didn't have enough time to fire aim fire aim and fire you had to have fired without aim i I don't think that's it i don't think the timing is the controversy i think the controversy is the angles i mean that headshot is a complete almost 45 probably more degrees of where the original book shot was that angle the headshot the famous one from the Supruder film once they passed that 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 sign that is blocking the first two shots that is that to me is the controversy that's the magic bullet right yeah it's the magic bullet well the magic bullet for those you don't know as the shot went through jfk the angle didn't line up because it actually went through jfk and hit the governor that was sitting in the jump seat ahead of him. Uh, and, Conley, yeah. and the way that the bullet lines up did not match the angle from where Lee Harvey Oswald took the shot, which means the bullet had to have curved or shifted. And there's plenty of conspiracies out there on, on that specific shot. The there's only the lo- way I could see it is if it's a ricochet. That is it. And which that's is- one hell of a ricochet. That's where the lone gunman theory comes in, <laughs> and that's the uh, that there were multiple multiple uh, shooters. There's Whoa. multiple individuals. Well, are you saying it's uh, it could be Umbrella Man? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I don't think it was Umbrella Man. There's also that would be amazing. If you watch by the, one of my favorites. By if the you watch the Pruder film, there's a a man dressed in all black holding yeah. an umbrella, and it's a bright a bright ass day in Texas texas weather it's what 80 90 degrees and Mm -hmm. he's holding an umbrella now Mm -hmm. i've seen old ladies who are afraid to get sunburned hold umbrellas but a grown man in a suit but i don't think i don't necessarily think it was him because he was right on the open 12 years later geraldo the journalist the caricature of who he has at one time was a legitimate journalist actually had showed the first ever Zapruder film uh viewing to the public Narrated by Dick Gregory, had Dick Gregory, and supposedly they watched it the day before. And you could hear it in Dick, you know, Dick Greg- Gregory, this insane icon at the time, of all time, narrating what happens during the Sapruder film. And then the reaction from the, from the audience in his t- on his TV show, they were just like in shock. You know, you and I always joke around about shock and awe. You heard it. You felt the emotion. You can see by Dick Gregory, he was like, there's something going on here. The magic bullet to me is what everybody is just the it's just the the wondering of what happened, of how that bullet even happened. Like that's to me, it's not really getting three shots off. 
to me, it's that shot, that last shot that took out his skull. Because when I show that to my students, when I show it to them, the assassination and the last part, even my classroom, and we teach the kids, we teach, uh, you know, certain students that, you know, they've seen a lot of variations of gun violence before, and they are also in shock. Yeah, <clears throat> they, they absolutely are. And a lot of these kids have seen people shot in person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many students did we lose a year? So because of stuff like this, and when they see the JFK assassination, they they're even like, man, that is messed up. They're like their minds are blown. I think it's make a I pun, think the, the gears are, are, are shifting in their head. The gears are spinning and they're trying to put together the whole picture. And, and well, it's it, we have there's professionals that have tried to piece together the conspiracy. Of, mm-hmm. And if they can't do it, these professionals, then how do you expect 16, 17, 18 year old kids? Do you think he did it? Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. I what do you what is it. your best in that? Here's, what do you here's my think th- here's my thing happened? Yeah. My theory is it was not Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald was the scapegoat. He would deny it when he was arrested. He said that he didn't do it. I think that it was LBJ, Lyndon B. Johnson was making a power play. What? Uh, okay. I think Lyndon B. Johnson was making a power play. It was an wow. inside job through the CIA and the FBI, and that it was an actual government conspiracy to eliminate the president and put a different person in charge who was more, more likely to play their, their ball game by their rules. Well, that did not work out, obviously. Did it? We started, no. we, we started uh, the Vietnam War. Well, there's no way it could have been LBJ because if it was the, F- the people on the FBI at the time, there was no way they would have wanted to have bring in a candidate or a replacement for JFK who is going to, I mean, yeah, you're right. They, they didn't know the civil rights and the, and the voting rights was going to change immediately after uh, he became president. But to throw it on to LBJ, I mean, I just think that, I don't know, I, I'm not buying that. I don't think they would replace JFK for LBJ you know, because they think that he's going to fall in order with the Vietnam War. I think that that would be the easiest way to do it. They broke way too many protocols for for LBJ after the assassination to make to to make it seem. It makes me think that he did it. Like it was mm-hmm. him. They're supposed. They're not supposed to uh, put the new president in place on the spot, and they did it at Love Field on the airplane. On Air Force One, that wasn't supposed to happen. Well, look, like Jackie I'll, I'll, Kennedy. Jackie Kennedy was behind him, covered in blood. No, no. <laughs> look, I agree with you. I don't think uh, Oswald had anything to do with this. Maybe it was like you said. Maybe he was a patsy, as the fall guy, because when we started this conversation, I start off with the halfway house. I uh, Patricia Hall, the way she. Uh, characterized Oswald was that he was this quiet guy who she couldn't even imagine doing what he did. So I could see Oswald not being the one doing it, but to think LBJ has something to do with it, I just, I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. You would love LBJ. So I do love biased. LBJ. I do love him. Absolutely. He I, belongs on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah for killing john f kennedy and taking his know. good ideas or but... bringing uh voting rights to everybody well 
I think that it was LBJ. Who, what do you think? Well, like I said, I, I, do, I don't think it was, it was Oswald. I think it was, they used him as a patsy. I think there was another shooter. I think there was probably two shooters. And I think just everything worked out perfectly to where the FBI or whoever was behind it was off the hook. In other words, what I'm trying to say is it was definitely an inside job. But you 100%. don't know. But you don't want to go on a limb and say no way, dude. LBJ is too easy. <laughs> LBJ is too easy to so blame. He's too easy. So you're not gonna blame him. No, no. <laughs> I think there is some merit to your Vietnam, to what you're saying about Vietnam, because you know, st- containing communism was a big deal. Uh, I could see that. And uh, you know, JFK, he was the peacemaker, he was trying to make peace, and you know, he had problems with Cuba and all that stuff. And I could see that. Yeah, I think it had merit in that, but as far as let's bring in LBJ, I don't think so. I don't think so. It doesn't make sense to me. But then who was it? Could it have been the the mob or the mafia with the whole uh uh Marilyn Monroe, that whole conspiracy? No. Him, his brother Marilyn Monroe they all they all ended up dead for those of you guys who aren't aren't aware of this conspiracy mm-hmm. that JFK was sleeping with Marilyn Monroe mm-hmm. and then she moved on and was sleeping with Robert Kennedy and there was some form of mafia or mob uh, interplay and they all ended up dead <laughs> well here's here's what's interesting to me in the 50s, you know, it was a rebound from World War II and the Korean War. The TV shows at the time were very wholesome. Supposedly, the suburbia areas of America were very wholesome, even though we knew a lot of the, the housewives at the time were mostly miserable. But we'll probably have a podcast for that some other time. But to see the shock, what happened in JFK, the assassination... I, I just don't see how the mafia or putting it on another president could really, you know, be a thought process in this. You know, I, I just I just don't see how it falls into the mafia or because the mafia will become more prominent in the 70s and 80s than in the 60s or throughout the late 50s. I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good question that we obviously can't answer. Uh, I don't know. I think it was it was uh, Lyndon B. Johnson. Well, look, one thing for sure. I remember my seventh grade teacher. Her name was uh, Mrs. Thompson. And I don't know if she's still alive because she was older at the time. I remember she told me being from Dallas, if you went out of state and you said you were from Texas or Dallas, like people hated your guts. People hated who you were. It was hard to admit that you were from the Lone Star State. Because people, whether they voted for JFK or not, found JFK, they, they loved him to death. So the assassination had a profound effect, whether the conspiracy or not, it definitely had a profound effect on the public as well, which is probably why the conspiracy theory is what it is today. You know, even to this day, you go look up top 10, top 10 conspiracy theories, he's number one or two every single time. It is. It is. And I'm sure we'll get into some more conspiracy, conspiracy theories in just a little bit. 
but I wanted to kind of round out the the whole conversation because we can't really round it out without bringing in the fact that Donald Trump released a whole bunch of files in the conspiracy, and it did point towards Lee Harvey Oswald. As much as the conspiracy theories are fun to talk about, there was nothing that pointed directly at him, but there was a lot of information that backed the idea that Lee Harvey Oswald did assassinate JFK. I guess he was in contact with the KGB assassination unit and they were warned ahead of time about the idea that he might assassinate Kennedy. Damn. There's no proof that he did it, but there's a lot of, uh, there was a lot of files pointing the finger at him and actually uh, uh, backing the, the government, the CIA. But that doesn't mean that LBJ couldn't have been handed a piece of paper saying, oh, watch out for this guy, Lee Harvey Oswald. And then LBJ was like, well, wait, 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 let's change the route that Mr. President Kennedy takes. Let's put him in a convertible and let's allow Lee Harvey Oswald mm, to take the shot. No, no. And then we'll set, Why up, another, would, we'll set up a second shooter. No. Why would LBJ? I mean, he was there on... He was there with other. He was. He was. He was a car behind JFK. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, you're gonna risk yourself with a crazy man to shoot the president. No way, dude. No way. The two people that were in charge of the investigation were the new president and well, yeah, Robert I Kennedy. Hope so I would. And then hope Robert so. Kennedy ends up dead, leaving Lyndon B. Johnson the only person that is privy to all the information. Well, I would hope the next president will want to lead an investigation. Well, he he might have uh, didn't want to look too far into it. No way, man. There's no if I, I I would believe you if LBJ was in Washington, but he was in the car behind JFK and wasn't shot. Well, I mean, what I'm trying to say is, why would he risk his life putting himself in that that same line? Because he knew, since he was the one who gave the orders for the shooting. No way, dude. He no knew way. that they were going to shoot can, Are you telling me you'll be like, okay, dude, I'm going to be in the same room as another, as somebody that's going to come here with the gun, but don't worry, he's not going to shoot my direction. Would you still be in that room? If I if paid, a, if I paid a guy a million person? dollars, if I paid a guy a million dollars to shoot you while you're standing next to me, I would be okay. Because no, I knew that I no, paid the no. money and he wasn't going to shoot me. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. He'd probably shoot you and me, you know. And not and not get any money. Well, did you already pay him? No, I'm not an idiot. Well, <laughs> I hope, so. Johnson I hope an idiot. so. Um, I don't know. I you know, I think the conspiracy theory behind all this JFK thing. Do you let me ask you this? Do you think it'll ever be solved? No, because Linda B. Johnson made washed everything away. Okay. All right. It's all gone. Okay. Even he even had it, Lee Harvey also was even shot by a guy named Jack Ruby, who wasn't even supposed to be where he where he was. Mm -hmm. There's way too many dominoes that were all pushed over at the right time mm -hmm. for this all to go down. Well, maybe the, maybe the greatest unsolved conspiracy. Oh, wait, there's way more conspiracies that are probably even greater and more grandiose and probably even more interesting. Yeah, I do love JFK's assassination, but that's a perfect segue into probably one of my favorite. We can do whole episodes on every one of these, and we're gonna just drop a few a few uh, droplets of of blood into the vast landscape that is conspiracy theories. 
our Mount Rushmore today is the greatest conspiracy theories of all time. Yeah, I'm excited. And you're talking to a guy that doesn't really like conspiracy theories because I think they're all stupid. Pretty much. I love conspiracy theories. You're nah, it's, it's a little hanging fruit. It's easy. It's easy. It's like um, it's paramount to, oh, the, the, how's the weather back at home? Easy conversation. There's a reason know? why when you go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you look at the most popular podcasts, they're all conspiracy theory podcasts or true crime podcasts. You, Mr. True Crime Affectionado, yeah. it's the same thing. The who done it. And the only reason why, yeah, but I watched the ones where there are, they are convicted. Yeah. Like, I hated unsolved mystery. Cause there was no, like nothing was solved. So I was like, ah, it's speculation. You, I don't give a shit you about just, speculation. You just like having an answer and it bugs yeah, you that conspiracy do. theories don't have I do. one. I do. And, and conspiracy theory, I just think it's uh, well, look, it's conspiracy theories are ruining the world and it's ruining everything, you know? I love conspiracy theories. I don't know. Low hanging fruit, if you ask me. I might have <laughs> I might have to start my own podcast of greatest conspiracy theories of all time. Well, you'll be one out of two eight, billion eight million five hundred thousand six hundred and sixty-five conspiracy yeah. theories. Oh, okay. So let's get it started. I will let you go first because I have uh so many that I could pick from, and I figured that we'll just let you have free free reign of your first picks my george washington yes because you're picking on lbj today i am going to pick on george washington as the lowest head on mount rushmore well, well. <laughs> all right so in 1995 there was a tv show on Fox called Alien Autopsy Fact or Fiction. Okay. <laughs> and I remember watching this with my dad. It was a big deal. And it was the dissection of a caught alien that was found in Roswell, New Mexico. I, coincidentally, I was just there this past summer. And, you know, right when you drive into it, there's a big old cardboard cutout of, uh, like, it looked like a, a fifth grader drew and painted this uh ufo but yeah i mean when this thing came out it was in black and white footage and it was just it was like in silent there was no there was no sound or anything and what you saw was a man uh dissecting an alien and people i remember the next day people thought this was real that it was a big deal because you know uso ufos are always a hot topic and I don't know, man. Did you ever? Did you ever watch that? Did you ever hear about that with your with your pops or anything? Oh, alien, uh, alien conspiracy th theories are right up my alley. Well, then you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I was freaked out. It was later on debunked uh, in 2006. I remember there was, I think, a few years before 2006, they broke down that video, and they said there's no way that this thing is real because the clock, there there was a clock in the background. And supposedly that clock wasn't produced until like the 70s or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, totally throwing off the timeline of this dissection. Okay, so your George Washington is <laughs> the specific alien autopsy performed on, was it the uh, aliens from Roswell, Area 51, or is it a different one? 
it was a different one, but it happened from a crash landing. They had a dead alien and they dissected it. And it looked like the ones that we grew up with, with the big head and the big eyes, um, slimy or whatever. And uh, I just remember when they finally put it on TV, it was a big deal. I took a class in college called Life in the Cosmos, and it counted for college credit. It was one of our capstone classes, and it was about the possibility of there being life in the cosmos or in the universe. Mm -hmm. And statistically, it is almost a a foregone conclusion that somewhere in the universe there is life. It might not be how we think it, but it does exist out there. So I do think there's aliens. I don't know. I mean, would you count like bacteria on Mars or something like that as aliens too? Yeah, you would have to. I mean, if it's a living thing, mm-hmm. who who says bacteria aren't a living thing? Just because we're bigger than them, what happens <laughs> if we are bacteria to another alien? Like that that scene in Men in Black where he opens right. up the locker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All so I, I want to read something from New Corp, uh, News Corps Australia. This, the man, Ray Santilli, a British record and film producer, he owned the footage and said that he acquired the film in 1992 from a retired U.S. military cameraman during a search for archival footage uh, for a documentary about Elvis Presley. Uh, Santilli argued that the film was genuine, uh, even though that many disagreed. Their suspicions were seemingly validated in 2006 when a sculptor and special effect designer named John Humphreys claimed that not only had he crafted the alien in the autopsy footage, he had also appeared in the film as one of the pathologists. Um, Another self-identified participant later on in 2017 was a filmmaker named Spiros uh, Malaris said that he had shot the footage in his London apartment using a model filled with animal organs and reported. But I remember when this thing was released in 1995, the lead up to it. And to this day, you know, you watch uh, TV shows where they're talking about UFOs and aliens. They always show the highlights to that dissection, even though it's already been debunked. And I'm like, okay, it's debunked. Why are we still talking about this? You know? So for me, that is my George Washington even though I know you're offended that we're using George Washington first. I'm more offended that you used an alien autopsy that you knew wasn't real just so you can say that the conspiracy theory was wrong because you hate conspiracy theories. I do. I do. (laughs) But even then, it had a good 10-year stretch where people were just talking about this dissection. And by the way, I do think we're going to cross paths when we talk about... We aren't because I... We might. You always say yeah. that every episode. Every episode. Yeah, we're going to cross paths. It is possible. We've only done it one time. <laughs> every episode, we don't cross paths. Okay, I'm going to go with something personal, something that I lived through, like you. I, okay. I rearranged mine just to, to piggyback off yours, and I'm going to go with Y2K. Ah. Y2K. Okay. So, Y2K, I, <laughs> I was about 10 <laughs> years old, 11 years old, and the world went crazy especially towards the end of December, but it was going the whole back in 1999 and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse because Y2K, the conspiracy was that all the computers in the world would shut down because they were not programmed to flip over to the 2000 that once it, the 999 flipped over to 000, then 
then all the programming would, would cease. It would stop. And then everything that ran on computers would therefore just be worthless. That includes the banking system. That includes uh, retail. And it would throw us into this giant uh, spiral that would shut down all of our military networks and all of our, our uh, fuel and food and, and everything that runs on computers would just become shit. And I remember the last like two weeks of the year, people were buying a whole bunch of crap, kind of like during the beginning of COVID with the, with the toilet paper. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it was when you say out of hands, this was out of hands. You know, uh, I was a senior in high school in 99 and I was just fresh out. But I remember the lead up to Y2K, I had a lot of classmates, this one girl in particular, I won't say her name, of course, she was saying like, hey, can y'all donate canned foods because my father is building a bunker and we need as much as possible. And you know what was funny? Nobody looked at her like she was crazy. It was just like, okay. It was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Right. I would have a bunker. I would so... By oh, a, dude, you're a, one of those uh, I, zombie I, apocalypse I, guys. So yeah, I believe that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it because I think we're all gonna die. I just think it'd be cool to have a a, a bomb shelter underneath my house. Tell me you wouldn't. You wouldn't have a bomb shelter if you could give me air conditioning. I'll go anywhere, my man. All right, I'll go I'll, anywhere with air conditioning. I don't know. We're gonna have to do some research on on military grade bomb shelters now. Yeah, I love that. I love your pick. That was Y2K was a big deal. It was also one of those where everybody knew where, where they were at at the time. So yep. when the whole countdown began. So yeah, I love that pick. Okay, so my Thomas Jefferson, I'm going to go uh, William Shakespeare, who is Bill Shakespeare. So I'm I'm interested to see where you're going to go with this one, because I love this one. Well, for me, it's more like, why would anybody fake this? Like, why would anybody who would see the success from William Shakespeare be like, I don't know, not claim the fame? Maybe maybe it was a woman. It could have been a woman. It could have been a woman. You know, they thought it was Francis Bacon, the father of the scientific method. I mean, there, there's been Ben Johnson who wrote The Alchemist. Uh, I mean, there's so many people that they claim was the guy who wrote the masterpieces of William Shakespeare, from Julius Caesar to Macbeth to Romeo and Juliet, you name it, right? His sonnets, right? I mean, why would any, to me, it's just like the fame is there. It's 500 years later. We're still talking. I literally just taught Julius Caesar last week and I taught it through the eyes of William Shakespeare. I mean, who would not want to claim that fame? So here's and I actually learned about this in college. Here's why that this whole conspiracy even exists. Mm -hmm. There was a huge stigma of being a playwright compared to an actual writer back in the 1500s and there was a bunch of writers that dabbled their hand into writing plays kind of like you who you're a writer would write a script obviously they're a script for a tv or movie obviously they're not the same kind of writing and there's a whole greater success when it comes to being a very successful writer as opposed to a successful uh script writer and in the 1500s, there was a huge negativity towards, oh, I'm a, a playwright. It's almost like how you feel when you 
talk about theater kid rock stars. <laughs> Are they any less well, of a rock star? Who knows? But there is he, a, he, a stigma. The only time I can see where writers would write under a different name is during the Red Scare, to be honest. You know, where they couldn't claim their art because they were being accused for communism and, you know, like that. So unless there is like your life is going to be at risk. Other than that, it would have to be an ego thing, wouldn't it? Do you write based on ego? No, I write because I love it. Uh, that's why you're but why would you're I? A millionaire. Yeah, I know. Right. That's <laughs> but I don't know, man. I mean, there was a there was a Woody Allen movie back then. I know, you know, he has all the say what you say, what you want to say about him. But he, there was a movie called that, that he uh, was in. He didn't write it or produce it. I don't think. I think it was called The Front. And it was where it was pretty much talking about the Red Scare, where people were a bunch of artists were faking uh, their signatures or giving them to friends and families so they can get the claim and fame because they just wanted to create. And there's a very, there's a very, there's a very famous scene at the end of it where this artist, uh, he gets outed. And instead of going to jail, he jumps out of building. And I don't see that kind of risk for William Shakespeare, especially at that time. Like, why would anybody at the time, whether it is Ben Johnson, why would he not take the claim? I mean, Ben Johnson is notoriously, notoriously known at the time as the second greatest uh, uh, stage writer at the time behind William Shakespeare. So why not just take both crowns? Well, there was some other people that they added to they they added to that list of people who yeah. might have been Shakespeare writers who were not well known and might have been piggybacking off of the familiarity of that name. Maybe people that people that Maybe. weren't famous and like, oh, if I write if I put Shakespeare on this, people will read it. My Thomas Jefferson is the MK Ultra mind control experiments that the CIA did during the <laughs> 1950s and 1960s. How better to win any kind of war than just to control the minds of the enemy? I mean, think I mean, about right. the, the, the ability and the power you would have. But in order to do that, you'd have to create some kind of human testing and you'd have to test it on your own people, which is where this conspiracy theory comes, uh, that the CIA was brainwashing American citizens right, in order right. to... Yeah then therefore use the same kind of mind control on the communists post-World War II. There was a whole cover-up and uh, there was a whole bunch of deaths and and murders that they they say that the CIA used in order to cover up all this stuff. And there was, you know, senators and and people high up in the government that were all involved in this whole thing. And it was the idea that the American government was doing experiments on American citizens in order to control the minds of the people. Now, the reason why I picked this so high is because imagine if the American government succeeded, they covered up all the proof that they did this and they have secretly been controlling people's minds for the last 70 years. You know, I hear that. And I, I, I know what, exactly what you're talking about. And to me, it goes further. If I was a conspiracy theorist, now my next question is, what are they doing now to control our minds? That's what I, yeah, that's what I just said. 70 years of mind control. Yeah. Like, what is the next experiment, though? Like, 
how are they getting us now? I mean, that, that's the kind of question I would ask. And those are the questions that are still being asked when talking about that particular subject. That's interesting. So MK Ultra, uh, I could talk about MK Ultra. MK Ultra. Wow. MK Ultra. It's yeah, a great, great name. Great name. Right? Great name. Too. <laughs> yeah. Sounds now, like a uh, 40 ounce drink, but yeah. If you want superpowers, then <laughs> I guess the American government can give them to you. There was a movie with uh, your boy, uh, uh, George Clooney that had to do with government experiments. He was in the military and he thought he could walk through walls. And I remember the, the last scene in the movie, spoiler alert, last scene of the movie, he, he goes running at the wall and throughout the whole movie, everything that he thought was wrong. But at the very last scene, he what runs the wall and that? he goes right through it. The men who stare at goats. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. that way. That's a great movie right there. Very under, very low rank on his on his filmography, but to me, up there for me at least. Well, it's you know, I'm one. a George Clooney guy, so. and it, it's right up the alley with government experiments. Right, right. Okay, and let's hear it. what's your uh, your number three. Who's your number three? Well, my Teddy Roosevelt. I'm gonna go moon landing. Yes, and yes, you and yes. I, you and I, spent okay many lunch it. breaks talking about this over and over and over. That just means and, I can go cliche. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and to me, it's like, why would they go that far? I mean, what's the purpose? Why would they it's, stage millions of dollars just to do an okie doke? It's because it furthered our cause as becoming a political power in the face of, of Russia. As in, if we get it, were I able get to basically one up them, it made us look better. But even then, 40, 50 years later, after the moon landing, it's still a question upon, and, and it's gone even further now, right? When uh, there was this whole thing where uh, Buzz Aldrin tweeted that the whole moon landing was fake, and then that had to be debunked, that he even sent out that tweet. And people are just trying to find, uh, what, I, what I'll give the moon landing uh, conspiracy the theorists credit, credit for is that they've looked at every single angle from the lighting to the shadows. They have, to me, exhausted every single approach when it comes to the moon landing. <laughs> it's hilarious to me, to be honest with you. Would you be surprised if, we, if it came out and we had faked it? Uh, yeah. You I would mean, be I surprised? Did. Yeah, I would be surprised because despite your claim right now, to me, it's just like, it's like low hanging fruit. It's kind of like they, here are some ideas of how we could take down Russia, right? Let's put it all, let's put like a hundred ideas in the fishbowl and whichever one we pick out, that's what we're going to do. And one of them was landing on the moon and they're like, oh, well, holy shit, how are we going to make this happen? And let's get Stanley Kubrick, the weirdest guy in Hollywood at the time to direct it. I don't, I don't know. I I love the moon landing. I it would be up there on one of the greatest conspiracy theories. You can't talk about conspiracy theories without talking about the moon landing. So I like that pick. I'm I'm glad one of us did it. I was gonna stay away from it only because I figured we could probably do a whole episode on the moon landing. Mm -hmm. And I stayed away from it. We couple probably of... will. We probably will. By the way, coincidentally, JFK is the one who said we're going to the moon. And I and for those of you guys who have uh listen to our intro i wanted to include the famous quote why did we go to the moon because it's there <laughs> I, 
I wanted to include. But we settled with Bill Clinton. We settled with Bill Clinton. So uh, full circle, full circle. Right. I wanted to go personal. I have been trying to finish this book that I've been writing for about 10 years. And I'm going to include it in our, not the, the book, but the actual conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to use the Philadelphia experiment. Oh, okay. And it might, it's probably not true because it's way too batshit crazy and off the wall. But, but there's just so much going on. I want it to be true so much. And I, I, I know it's not. <laughs> uh, the Philadelphia experiment was based on the ship, the USS Eldridge. And right. as it was docked in one bay, it mm-hmm. supposedly disappeared and reappeared in another bay like two hours later, but it was like 200 miles away. Mm-hmm. It was too far for it to actually have made the journey. And right. the conspiracy theory is that it teleported, that the U.S. government was doing experiments to teleport the ship using electromagnetism, and they succeeded. Right. But right. in doing so, they also created time travel mm-hmm. <laughs> because the people the the soldiers on the ship supposedly ended up in different parts of the timeline some guy came out in the 1970s saying that he was part of this experiment and mm-hmm. that he was dislodged from the timeline and that he was actually uh from the uh, uh, world war ii experiment on the U- uss eldridge and he somehow miraculously ended up 30 years in the future and there's also oh, the yeah there was also the reports that the soldiers ended up like fused inside of the ship when it teleported. Mm-hmm. And there's, I seem to be very anti-government when it comes to what the hell are they doing behind the scenes. <laughs> and you seem to be totally okay with believing the government when they tell us that JFK was killed by a random guy and that, uh, uh, that we actually went to the moon. So I see we're on two different ends of the spectrum here. I, I think that's okay. <laughs> I think that's okay. That's what makes our uh, conversations great. But this idea that this this ship went from Virginia to Philadelphia yeah, and <laughs> like instantly is is amazing. That which just means that not only can the government control our minds, but they could teleport and time travel too. Um, and then, like, is it being used again? Has it been used again? Has, are there claims of that kind of teleportation being used over and over? Uh, there are some other cases that stem off of this. Mm-hmm. There was a whole government facility that was based on the, uh, the science behind this experiment later mm-hmm. on. So mm-hmm. this is a whole story that obviously we're not, we're not going to go into because we don't have enough time. But the mm-hmm. guy who was in the future was named Carlos Allende. Wow. I can't say that name without saying it in an accent because I think it's just, it needs to be said like Carlos Allende. Yeah. You got to put a little bit of swagger into it for sure. <laughs> okay. So who's your last one? I, I told you I'm going double cliche and I'm going aliens again, but with the pyramids. Yes. See, we now, didn't, we didn't yeah. overlap. <laughs> okay, good, good. So, you know, when I talk to Egypt with my kids, it's very boring, you know? So I like to throw in, this is when I will throw in conspiracy theories. Uh, one of the, the main coordinates, I mean, the, one of the things I talk about is how their coordinates of the pyramids of Giza uh, are perfect 
to the T to the speed of light per meter. Um, and to, you know, that gets the kids going. Uh, I talk about how the pyramids are perfectly lined up with Orion's belt. What does that mean? And the answers I get in response, oh, that's heaven's gate, or that's where they believe in the heavens, even though they didn't even know what that word heaven meant at the time. But, you know, it, it sparks up the conversation. And then, of course, it's what makes it a wonder, right? How were they built? And what do nine out of the 10 kids tell me? It's got to be aliens. I saw it in AVP, you know, Aliens <laughs> versus Predator, their movie in Antarctica and in Mex the pyramids in Mexico and the pyramids in Indonesia and, and the ziggurats of uh, Mesopotamia. The aliens had to do something with it. And, well, you just said I'm very more, I'm more absolute when it comes to my conspiracy theories. I don't know. I just, I don't think we're giving people of the past that much credit. Like I get it that they did not have uh, the wheel in certain parts of the world, but I don't know. I just think when it comes down to it, it's just straight up manpower, sweat, tears, broken bones. I got that job done. So you think that it was real people? Yeah, of course. I think aliens came down and diagrammed the whole thing. Man, you just got, you don't believe in the grandiose. I'm, I'm, I'm an absolutist, man. Considering you call me a romantic, but whatever. I know. You're like the opposite <laughs> when it comes to conspiracy theories. It's like, you don't want to believe in any of it. I don't know. To me, it's just like, why? You know, there are other conspiracies to like, okay, that has merit to it. But I don't know. I mean, LBJ to the pyramids, the moon, like moon landing, white, like why go that far? And then not even say, yeah, we hustled them. It's 50 years later. It's 50 years later since the moon landing. Are you, are you telling me we cannot admit that? Well, maybe not now because what's going on with Russia, but you're telling me we cannot admit as Stanley Kubrick di uh, directed the whole thing or if he did not. No, we would never admit that. I don't know. To me, that's just too much work. Going back to your your numero numero uno, uh, I just I I think there's too many coincidences and too many civilizations that follow the same mathematics uh, when they didn't have any contact. I just think there's too many things that had to fall into place perfectly for the pyramids to exist in the perfection that they are. Right. Because it whether you're in South America or you're in Africa. Uh, I think there's even it's, isn't there even pyramids that line up in India and, and China, too? Well, that's the other part. Uh, the ones in Egypt and Mexico and I believe in Indonesia, they line up perfectly to Orion's belt as well. And there are three civilizations that never met each other. Yeah. So why would you randomly make pyramid shapes that line up to the same constellation well, look, without... Well, it's not like they built the pyramids in a day or in a year. You're talking about these pyramids were built in generations. Yeah. And it's just too with many the Great Wall of China. Plus, there's also hieroglyphs in, in Egypt that uh, have aliens on them. And mm -hmm. uh, same with in uh, the Americas. I know. Like, there, I were. Just, there were. It's got to be aliens. Just, uh, that, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were just wearing these cool headgears that they were like, oh, I'm going to draw that. They came down and they're disappointed with the well, human race and they left. Well, hold on, hold on. You're saying the generations from back did not have like sense of humors back in the day where they can be like, oh, let's mess with people. 
and all all with the same sense of humor without talking to each <laughs> other not? no no not? not gonna happen <laughs> so my uh, speaking of sense it. of humor my cliche pick is the illuminati well more 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 broadly uh, secret societies that supposedly control our worlds and we talk about uh, i brought up that go. i don't i don't trust the government because you know they 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 control oh. our lives and they they want to do things that control our lives well what if they actually if there was something bigger than our government that controlled our lives so and i think this idea right. really really kicked off in my head when i read the da vinci code not this first one i think it was the second one the dan brown book that he includes the illuminati and it makes me think that why can't it exist uh there's there's been this idea of secret societies that control the that control governments going back hundreds if not thousands of years the re, the renaissance had uh what was the the family that that ran things in the renaissance oh my god i know it exactly uh rothschilds no but that's sure. also they're also part of the illuminati uh this idea of a, these a group of family like the uh the, not the the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds. Those are modern, modern families that run things. But there was a family back in the Renaissance that was running things. And these ideas, the ideas that we've been controlled by an inner circle go back way further than even the founding of the United States. So I like we call it the, the Illuminati. I, I'm not going to go back and uh, say that the Illuminati is the same term throughout all of history, but this idea of secret societies uh, that, that run things like you have that the whole, the whole idea of the elders of Zion, uh, which is based on Judaism or uh, the idea of world domination. And I, I'm not too into that because I'm not anti-Semitic and I feel like that was mostly pushed as an agenda during world war II, but mm -hmm. It's this idea that regardless of the time period and regardless of the type the, where you are in the world, that this idea of we are being controlled by an underground group or a, a group that exists outside of the government has always existed. Well, I will, I will, if I'm going to come around to conspiracy theories, I would say the, the Illum Illuminati has the most legs. Go ahead. It was the Medici's. Yeah, Medici's. So, I do think that this world is ran by a small percentage of people, you know, whether you want to claim that the 1% or a group, a handful of people. Uh, I do think for sure, a lot of major decisions going on in this planet, whether it's economic or, you know, political, which they go together anyways, I do think it is handled by a small fragment of people. Yeah. So if I was to say anything, the Illuminati out of everything we've talked about today probably has the most legs when it comes to legitimacy in the conspiracy world. I feel like that the strings are being pulled on a global scale by something other than what we think, the constructs of government like the United States and Russia and China. I think there's just a, a bigger game at play mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. there's a global dominating uh, upper class that exists outside of countries and that kind of societal structure. Right. So what is your sixth man? My sixth man is I'm going to go the uh, COVID vaccine microchip. Uh, <laughs> and I say, you know, what? I'm giving it legitimacy 
because people have died because of this. And the idea that I don't want to take it because I'm going to get microchipped is absurd to me because you and I know that the microchip is actually our phones. <laughs> so why would they double down and put it in some kind of liquid form and vaccinate us or create a disease so they can give a vaccine so everybody can be chipped? I remember when I got the vaccine, uh, it was, we we're still doing the hybrid classes. Right. And when I told the kids, you know, I'm sorry, I was out yesterday. I had to, you know, I had to go get the, the vaccine. One, two of my girls left my class. They walked out of class, came back like two minutes later. They went to the classroom next door and grabbed a magnet. Oh, right. <laughs> I remember you and telling they, me this story. Yeah. <laughs> they walked up to my arm and they asked me where I, they, they put it to where I, you normally get shots and they moved the magnet around and they let go of it and it fell. And then one girl grabbed it and said, no, you're putting it in the wrong spot. And she put it on my wrist. Uh, okay. And, and I was like, why the hell would there be a chip in my wrist when I got the uh -huh. shot up at the top of my arm? She goes, I don't know. That's where they had it on TikTok. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. So what is your sixth man? Very ridiculous. Um, but go ahead. Your sixth my man. sixth man was going to be, and I was going to include it, but I figured we would get canceled, was the, is the Shroud of Turin. Oh, I, you know what? When I was doing my research, I was like, should I throw that in there? But I went pretty hard on with, Jesus, last with week. Jesus. But even though I came from a sincere place, but anyway, you did. No, no, you did. And uh, I, I was feel trying like, to be disrespectful because I feel like if I would have included the Shroud, Shroud of Turin a week after you included Jesus, it would have either come off as one of two ways. A, I was just doing it because you picked Jesus last episode or B, I was it would be super disrespectful because of the because you picked jesus last episode yeah. but you can't talk conspiracy theories without the shroud of turin which was the uh the cloth that they laid over jesus's body and it left right. an imprint and they've used that uh there's been a whole lot of uh back and forth over the shroud of turin i remember staying up late watching it with my dad Consider considering i grew up watching a lot of conspiracy theories uh I, i've kind of grown out of it to be honest with you it's exhausting to me you just so. don't, you're not a romantic when it comes to conspiracy theories. I got to spread that love somewhere. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. I feel like uh, this episode uh, was a doozy of an episode. It was, mm -hmm. I might, it might be our longest one yet. We'll see. I mean, we could have talked for another two hours, but you know, Oh, I own, I own entire books on conspiracy theories. If uh, the fans hear this and they have some kind of input, they can hit us on, on Instagram. They could try to uh, get a hold of us and say, Hey, we want to hear more about this. And I'm sure uh, if any fans ever want to hear more about any of the subjects that we talk about, we'd be willing to do episodes on them. By the way, our Instagram is cancel teachers and leave that comment there and we'll respond. Absolutely. Uh, we've already gotten some good feedback some uh, criticisms. We're open for criticisms. If there's yep, anything that we could do, obviously we're, we're teachers. We get criticized all the time, all the time. Anyhow, it was a good episode. Yeah. I liked it. Oh, you know what we forgot to say? Mm. Oh yes. Go ahead. If we're not back in five minutes, just wait longer. 